Welcome to Below the 49th, my perspective on my neighbor to the south, Below the 49th. I'm Michael A. Charbon. Dateline, Wednesday, September the 30th. Today's title, Town Hall Octagon Decision. What the world witnessed in the first presidential debate was two antagonistic 70-year-olds interrupting and insulting each other, both embarrassing themselves and America in a platform disguised as a debate as the world watched American democracy live and unfiltered. Many were shocked to think that these are the two who are vying to lead the strongest, the richest, and at least to this point, one of the most admired countries in the world. What we really witnessed was a 96-minute pay-per-view street fight that displayed embarrassingly politically polarized rhetoric by two politicians who embarrassed themselves and a country. Is that what a two-party political system representing over 328 million people has really come to? Shameful. Does this mean speaking to your base and debasing your opponent is the ultimate objective to win? Where shouting over the top, interruptions, opinionated personal insults, and not respecting the rules is now the basis for a debate? CNN's Dana Bash called it what it was in today's unvarnished real terms, a shit show. And I agree with that. This was American political theater on heroin. Regardless of your political beliefs, was this conduct uh, anything close to being able to change the polarized American audience? Did either of the participants really attract support from the undecided voters? Did undecided America gain any clarity as to who they choose to lead? Not even close. As a matter of fact, most left more confused and more disillusioned than when they tuned in. If a voter was looking for a debate with substance, they were disappointed. What they got from both was like eating green peppers on an empty stomach, something that repeats on you, leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and reinforces the fact that, well, you quickly need to take a drink to wash the taste away. Below the 49th, America created the octagon and the warrior attitude. They play a very physical and some would say violent game of football from grammar school forward. It supports a vibrant military, a culture that celebrates, uh, celebrates determination. It's a country that promotes competitiveness, celebrates its winners, where winning for most, anyways, it's still a good thing where dominance, success, and superiority fuels and drives many to greatness. So as America digests the sour green peppers of the first debate, it begs the question, who really was the winner? Well, if you tune into the TV post-debate panel discussions, the prospective tribal media outlets, which really is Fox against the world, uh, they fell into each of their polarized sides, declaring victory in either of their candidates. Uh, the only common thread of all TV channels was the overall opinion of the debacle displayed at both candidates. The Democrats stated Biden won because he survived the 96 minutes, he stood up to Trump, and shot back. He at times looked into the camera and spoke directly to the American people. He defended himself against a bully who interrupted him and launched personal attacks. He was not Sleepy Joe, he wasn't incoherent, and made no major flubs, and was not in any way low energy. On those terms, Biden exceeded expectations and won the debate. Uh, won the debate, I should say. Uh, that's according to conventional television channels, cable news, uh, the Washington Post, and the New York Times. Well, are you really surprised at that group's endorsement? Trump, on the other hand, uh, was called over the top. He uh, referenced his accomplishments, but interrupted. Uh, he didn't adhere to the rules and, and lost the chance really to drill home his record and message in a clear, concise way. 
What he did was he lost the incumbent advantage. Trump did exhibit the frustration America is feeling today. The frustration of four years of an unfair media gang always in the Democrats' court, right from the escalator on Trump Tower. But by showing his frustration, some would say he may have overplayed his hand and pressed possibly too hard. The others, while well, Trump showed exactly the energy and passion that is needed to lead America forward and fight against socialism, and a coordinated media carrying water in collusion with the Democrats with daily broadcasts, challenging, challenging basically the core roots of America by promoting socialism, open borders, and a fundamental change in what America is. Trump's passion on the financial markets, jobs, and triumphs of his, of his administration is the exact vaccine needed for America to move forward, open up business, and regain economic superiority, uh, superiority I should say, and global dominance. Trump needs to confidently tell America that he will build it again and lead it to even greater heights. So from Fox, the New York Post, Washington Times, well, Trump won. Are you really surprised at the endorsement of that group? If after all that said, you had to come to a conclusion as to who you want in your corner, you know, the person to fight for your country and defend you all in, uh, one might suggest you pick the dominant one, the louder and more forceful, because, well, passion and full court press is emblematic of the warrior attitude, regardless of the bad taste of delivery. So as a bully, Trump may have won the fight, but on a reluctant scale judged by some. But I represent realistically, they both lost. What I think the deciding event moving forward is, is the next debate. Some will tune in to see a remake of the seniors' food fight. Others will experience Hobson's choice, you know, to decide on the lesser of two political evils. Those undecided will look closely to find one point, that one statement that makes a difference to them that they can base a decision on and who to vote for. So I represent that the next debate will be the most important and deciding factor for many. And here's why. The candidate who shows up calm, calculated, reserved, and appealing to America with a measured hand on the rudder of leadership will win the race in the end. Did Trump or Biden really learn a lesson from their previous deplorable performances? Can they show America the other side of their leadership and oratory skills? Can America see a real change in character? Can America believe in one man who can lead with confidence and respect? You know, you got to follow the rules. You got to eclipse the bad taste left in America's mouths, where regardless what the other candidate says, let him finish. Then skillfully present a rebuttal and make your point without stooping to crass rhetoric. You know, sometimes when fishing, a nibble followed by an angler's jarring rip scares the fish away altogether. Alternatively, a nibble may be just the prelude to swallowing the hook. So, uh, where when you feel a nibble, let it happen. Wait, feel, listen. Let the fish come to you, and when you get a solid hit, then rip the rod. And you set the fish, and you reel him in. Biden must set his policy in place. He said he's the Democratic Party now, so he needs to speak clearly, powerfully, as to what his administration and party will do if they win. Elections have consequences. Some on the fence fear socialism and many other aspects of what a new unknown administration would bring, particularly when you consider past statements by Democratic Party members on the Senate, the New Green Deal, immigration, law and order, whatever. Trump needs to speak confidently and with calculated decorum about his accomplishments. He must show a restraint and a level of presidential poise, skill and maturity. America knows Trump is a fighter, but America needs to be assured he is still a leader 
calm, cool, calculated, possessing the presidential confidence of a winner. Trump must show an improvement in his demeanor and appeal to Americans that he will deliver greatness. This next fight is to repair trust. This fight is to regain confidence and to show America these two candidates have learned a lesson. America's overwhelming disgust with the first debate makes the next that much more important. Sometimes allowing someone to ramble or dig a bigger ditch uh, for them to crawl out is really the objective. Interrupting and shouting does not make anyone's point more right. With the next debate being a town hall, I can personally attest as one who has been honored by monitoring many multiple spirited political town halls where an open mic was grasped and the public's emotion and passion eclipsed decorum. It's how one answers a mad and rude questioner, show compassion to their frustration, relate to their circumstances, answer with a measured, fact-filled, revealing statement, follow this form, and you will win the audience and the day. In this forum, Trump and Biden must speak directly to America and the audience. The ultimate octagon will be the town hall and will inevitably influence the final decision that America must make moving forward. It's not what you say, it's the delivery of the message that is the what, uh, the what and how that potentially will clarify a confused voting public and ultimately, I predict, will galvanize a win or a loss in the election. Finally, to my American Facebook viewers, you will probably not see this post. Uh, Facebook prevents selective below the 49th posts from promoting itself to the U.S. on Facebook. Viewers and, and media outlets uh, all in told there. Uh, their indiscriminate censorship arbitrarily decides that they're not allowing selective posts below the 49th because, you ready for this, it may influence the American election. I wish. So please share and subscribe to receive more posts. If you like, uh, if you like to leave a comment, I try to answer everyone. I thank you for those considerations. And until next time, God bless and stay safe. I'm Michael A. Charbon for Below the 49th.